Welcome to Startup Dads, a podcast about the highs and lows of building a business and raising a family at the same time. For more information about the topics we cover on the podcast and other Startup Dads related content, you can follow us on Twitter at Startup Dads Pod. I'm Amrit, co-founder of Hyper Exponential, a tech startup that I co-founded in 2017. It's grown from a two-person team working out of my kitchen to a profitable business with several large clients and more than 20 team members across London and Europe. I'm also dad to Evie, my first child who was born last December. Welcome to another episode of Startup Dads. I'm delighted to say I've got Pete Ward on the show with me today. Pete, can you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what makes you a startup dad? Yeah, hi, Amrit. It's great to be here and thanks for inviting me on the show. So yeah, I'm Pete Ward. I'm the co-founder and CEO of a company called Humanity. We are a consumer app that will help you understand what actions are working to slow or reverse aging. And we do that by tracking the actions that you're already taking through biomarkers in your phone or in your wearables and extrapolating that against aging biomarkers digitally, clinically and genetically. And What makes me a startup dad? Well, uh, I guess the obvious definition of having a child, that child happens to be a lovely daughter named Lima Sophia. And she's definitely the apple of my eye and is definitely keeping me entertained when I'm not working every hour under the sun. And we also have a baby on the way, number two, which is gonna be a boy. And we've already got a name pegged for him, which will be Oslo, Brooklyn, following a quasi-traveling theme there. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm smitten and grateful and delighted about that too. Amazing. Congratulations. So Pete, you're being extraordinarily uh, humble there. You know, you've gone from your first startup building an international social travel network, and now with your new startup, Humanity, you're trying to reverse aging. Can you tell me a little bit, how did you go on that journey? How did that happen? Talk us through that. Sure, no problem. It's a great question, Amrit. So yeah, indeed. I do believe in in life, sometimes uh, things get to choose you through the flow of life rather than you choose it. And this is definitely one of those situations. It all began when actually I was having a pint of Guinness with my now co-founder, Michael Gear, And we were at the Web Summit, which was the last one in Dublin before they moved to Lisbon. And he, he he kind of propositioned me, I think it must have been pint two or three, Pete, what would you say if I told you we could end aging? So I'll answer that question with the obvious response, which is how many pints of Guinness have you had? Um, and he said, no, seriously, I think there's something in this which I'm seeing, which is enthralling. And I think we could do something that uses our skill sets to really make an impact. And so, okay, so I'm leaning in at this point. I'm going, okay, tell me more. And so he goes on to tell me about his personal journey, which was hugely inspiring for me. And to give you a bit of background context, Michael is someone who was a good friend. He had worked for me as my interim COO at Wayne, the travel social network you mentioned. And we learned that we could do great things together, not kill each other. And therefore, that was always a good thing in the back of our mind that you know one day this could be someone I'd love to work with. And I always found him very impactful, very impact oriented. We did a campaign for F-U-C-K cancer, and that had a, a big effect on me that he was so passionate about doing something which you know was to try and raise awareness of these types of issues. And so to come back to the story, he told me that he had a personal tragedy, which we can all relate to, 
he had a, a family member and a high school friend who unfortunately got diagnosed with late stage cancer. They died within 12 months of diagnosis and he felt completely helpless as to how to help them in that last phase of their lives and of course how to help his family and himself and others. And so that kind of took him down a bit of a rabbit hole where he started talking to all these top geneticists and he had some pretty good success in his career similar to me and so he would go to the top people in the genomics world or in stem cell research or immunology and literally ask these questions it's like why are we not screening people why are we not early detecting and to cut a very long story short he found this body of science where it was aging science and, and essentially what's better than early detection it's prevention um, and so if you think about what is aging it's the loss of function that happens in the body over time so instead of focusing on the endpoint, that endpoint could be cardiovascular disease, it could be you know, cancer. You know, if we can keep the body fully functioning um, before it actually gets to a disease state, then that's gonna knock out all of these downstream diseases further down the line. So that's the idea that enthralled him and that's what led him to come to me. And then we went on our own collective quest uh, doing our, a bunch of science fantasy camps, getting our genome sequences and everything else. And that led us to what became humanity. That's amazing. Getting started again. Right, how did that go? How did you approach that, you know, with all the experience and learnings you had from the first time round? It's fascinating to me thinking about how different your new venture is. Maybe they're not, maybe they're not that different. I'd be interested in your thoughts there, you know, learnings from the previous one into the new one. Oh, yeah. You know, you ask any entrepreneur and it's a constant struggle where you're cutting teeth and burning the candle and banging heads against walls, climbing ladders against the wrong ones, uh, learning as you go. And I think that happens regardless of whether you're doing your first or second one. But I think the good thing about second time round is that you, you've definitely learned a lot of things that you do differently. And so actually, it's really cathartic and, and amazing to feel like, oh, now I get the chance to do this and I don't have to go down that road, which I made the mistake of doing last time. How would I do it differently now I'm starting from scratch? And so I think it was definitely different. Um, I felt very much like Wayne was almost like my playground to learn in a safe environment uh, what it means to be an entrepreneur and, and to really like persevere through some of the biggest challenges such that I'm, I'm like out of that and I'm, I'm like a trained boxer who knows how to come into the fight and know how to sort of jump straight back in, you know, with a bit of sharpening up and, you know, learning up on new things. But a lot of the principles, building a great culture, you know, having a real clear mission, vision, purpose, set of values and living and breathing by them, treating your people with humanity and, and helping make an impact. You know, I think that's the highest level of integrity you can have. And perhaps that's the biggest difference from my previous startup where I was passionate about travel and I believed everyone should travel because it's something that broadens the mind, gives you more perspective on you know, your position in the world and, and how you treat other people. I think when it comes to health and preventing people from getting sick and giving them extra years of health span, it, it was a whole different level of realization that we could affect change in a way that would not only affect the, the individuals but their families and, and humanity as a whole and that was something that really enthralled me yeah i could see how doing this sort of thing with such a very obvious kind of personal clearly that you know your story about your co-founder 
give such an incredible personal motivation to it. But it's, this is not the sort of thing that's hard to relate to, is it, uh, at all for anyone? It's not. And, you know, I didn't mention the part which really pronged on my strings, which was that I also had a, a premature loss of my father. Speaking of dads, our place in, in a family unit. Well, he got a stroke at 62 was in a coma for a, over a week, you know, it was touch and go. He came out of that coma. After six months of being in a hospital, he had to be transferred to a, a nursing home which could cater for his severity of disability. And, you know, we had him for another six years, which I was very grateful for, but, you know, there was no quality of life there. He was depressed, you know, all he had to, to really enjoy was seeing us and coming around in his wheelchair to sort of see the family but actually it was more frustrating for him because he couldn't do anything couldn't eat couldn't do anything and you know seeing that happen and just realizing that that came out of nowhere he was you know in his 60s and there are people that have a heart attack in their 40s or 50s or get dementia and these things frankly are often lifestyle induced environmentally induced and no one is aware because it's this ticking time bomb which no one's monitoring. And the only reason you will find out about anything when it's often too late, because you have symptoms, symptoms means it's got to the point where your body is telling you, alert, alert, there's a problem. Whereas we need to give people this opportunity to understand how they're doing relative to how they should be doing at their age. If you're finding out that at 40, you're actually 50 biologically, I think people would want to know that so they can course correct and, and in many cases reverse that trajectory so that they can get back to being a 40-year-old or even potentially a 35-year-old if they really play their cards right. And that's really the superpower that we want to help provide to as many people as possible. On that, you know, on a related subject there, I suppose, on the personal situation, nowadays, how does your mission cross the barrier between work and home? Because as we've talked about already, your business is so relatable. Do you end up kind of finding yourself naturally monitoring what the family does? Is this a team effort? Are the family beta testers? How does it work? I mean, it's a great question. Again, uh, I have to say yes, whether they great. like it or not. So to give you specifics, I've had my whole genome sequenced. Uh, my wife has had her whole genome sequenced. Obviously, I'm self-testing in, in a manner of ways, whether it be wearing continuous glucose monitors, Aura rings, Apple watches and, and everything else. Um, and both my wife and I are both getting our bloods done every few months, every three months, essentially, which are part of the humanity service, which we're testing, which she also uses on the app. And I think one of the best experiences I had was, you know, my wife is, a, is, as often in many family relationships, your harshest critic. And so she would kind of almost dismiss, or I felt she was dismissing what I was doing uh, in some respects. And I kind of accepted that because it's just me. Uh, and, if, if, you know, whatever I'll be doing would be a little bit like whatever. Um, but to be fair to her, she gave it a go when she got her Apple Watch. And she got so excited one day. She came back, she goes, oh my God, I'm so happy. I'm ecstatic. And I'm like, what's happened? And she said, I got 90 on my humanity score. I've shared it with my sister, my best friend. I'm just ecstatic. I, I thought she was having me on. I thought you're just like saying this to make me feel like happy or something. And she's like, no, I didn't realize that I can do this. I don't have to be running for like 10K or doing a 40 minute high intensity interval training workout you know, so so for her to see that she can achieve a lot of the things that are seen as healthy, such as getting a good night's sleep, going for walks, meditating, which she did whilst getting acupuncture at the time. These were things that were like eye-opening for her and made her think, oh, there are ways in which I can do this within the propensity of what I'm likely to do. 
because that's it's one of the things that we really look at is like causal inference and propensity scoring so it's no point telling someone who's never ran before that they should go and do a marathon it's just and, and frankly marathons are probably not that healthy for you <laughs> so there's all these different things and and how i apply that to my family life is you know monitoring is really important understanding information about how our health is going is really important and so because me and my wife got our genome sequence we can see what uh, carrier status we have in our recessive genes which means we already knew before we would have our children what risk factors there could be if both recessive genes became dominant in our you know in our children so so these are kinds of the things that that we've done and and of course my wife is vegan and she's giving uh, our daughter a, a very wholesome vegan plant-based diet which seems to be working perfectly fine because she's like developing really well and and is full of energy so so yeah you know i think we're just trying to do the best we can it's fantastic I, one of the things that i've always been struck by when and i've learned this myself and with fellow entrepreneurs is how much it is a full family effort a startup right it's just a total it, it's an all-encompassing family effort i don't know if you've got thoughts on that i think i read randomly off a twitter feed uh talking about uh her experiences as a wife of a, of a husband who was a founder. Now, I'm sure this works both ways if you're the female founder or the male founder, but it was like essentially typifying their relationship as there's three people in the relationship. There's your business, there's your partner, and there's you. And that's obviously even before you've had kids. So uh, I think that's a fair way of describing it. You know, there is this, this mistress, if you like, which requires a huge amount of your attention and that mistress, if you like, to want of a better word, is competing with the attention of your partner and your family. And so getting the balance right is super important. And so to, to be very specific, as an example, we have built frameworks to try and stop me from spending too long on the business because that I can always find more things to work on because we're always behind on what I want us to have achieved, which is like the classic... Uh, dilemma any founder finds themselves in but you know I, I stop at six you know we have meal times pretty regimented at one o'clock lunchtime six o'clock dinner time uh, if anything i'll then after putting lima to bed around seven uh seven thirty we'll then do some work or we'll do something together that's brilliant uh, i can relate to that very strongly because yeah in my calendar you know between five and seven every day is evie time and my team new joiners go what's this evie time i'm like e evie's the real ceo of hx right she's the 15 month old boss and she's in charge so i, I think that's a fantastic strategy so Pete, i'd like to cycle us back to i suppose you know thinking about the learnings that you carried between wayne and humanity so coming at a completely new problem a few years after rounding up your last venture things are different this time I, you know I, so many things about the world about you about everything that what you're doing now will be different so can i ask i suppose what about your life and the perspective has changed the most particularly i suppose in the context of the learnings you had at wayne but you know more broadly as well yeah wh where do you start i mean it all depends on what time point right i think um i think it would be right to say that one of the things that really helped me throughout my Wayne journey was having a community that that I became a part of and co-created uh, at the time called ICE, which stands for the International Conclave of Entrepreneurs. And and I, I make mention to that because as a founder and other founders listening to this will no doubt 
relate, it can be a very lonely journey. And uh, even if you have co-founders, there's very few people that really understand, you know, psychologically, yeah. emotionally, you know, what you're going through, you know, because it kind of doesn't, you know, doesn't feel the same from an outside in perspective. And so having a community of like-minded founders to have a drink with, party with, commiserate with, celebrate with, you know, all of the kind of sure the, the different sort of spectrum of emotions was hugely impactful for me. And, uh, and that's something that carried me to sort of feel that even when the chips were down and stuff was tough, and, you know, to be specific, again, on, on Wayne, you know, we, we had the, the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows. You know, we exited a bit of money at the beginning, so we became, you know, millionaires uh, very early on. Um, but then we also went from almost selling for a few hundred million to almost going bust. In fact, we almost went bust 15 times. Uh, it almost wow. became business as usual, almost going bust, you know, to the point where I was having a dinner at a dinner party a day or two before running out of cash and kind of half nonchalantly joking that I will probably go out of business in the next couple of days. But hey, I'm sure we'll find a way. And somehow, some way we did. I mean, it was uh, it almost became strange that we would just find a way some some way which we would continue to get out of this this sort of like being on the edge and you know we we ended up persevering and and then we successfully exited to a large online travel agency known as lastminute.com group which was a great outcome for everyone involved so so i think that was a big lesson in really having to struggle hard and and the way i handled that at the time is by interestingly enough uh, sort of devouring myself into health and fitness and and mental toughness and well-being so it was like i'd read every personal development book i would like make sure i'm building habits into my life so that you know whatever i face during the day in my work life i can deal with it because i'm not stressed you know i've had good sleep i've managed to do some exercise i've i've done what i thought the time was the things i needed to do and i think without that plus the community support because you know this feeling of having a, a comfort blanket of support really made a difference. You felt like you weren't on your own. Um, drove me. And and so what's different? What's different now is that I, I'm much more aware and appreciative of those things. Uh, and it's only further concentrated my appreciation for how those things can have a positive or negative effect on one's health. So I guess I've only just taken it to more of an extreme. What I know now, I didn't know then, is all the things that are now much more the coalface of what helps you cognitively, mental health-wise, you know, as well as physical health, and just understanding that there's a lot of conventional wisdom that's not necessarily true, um, and there's a lot of things that, if you look at the data, uh, it can really help guide you as to where one should go. And and so monitoring myself, being more aware of you know mistakes I've made, knowing there's a support. Uh, framework there and just particularly in lockdown right we're all groundhog daying every day so it's a perfect opportunity to like optimize and tweak and iterate every single aspect of how you spend your day so that when i write in my journal at the end of the day it's like the last thing i have to write is what's the one thing that i could make today even more amazing like classic positive psychology like it's, it's not what went bad today and you could improve it's like what could you make it even more amazing but it really sort of resets you and think oh I, I should have gone to bed half an hour earlier yesterday or 
you know, I shouldn't have eaten, you know, after 9 p.m. because, you know, I think it's going to affect my sleep. And so all these little things would just like tweak, tweak, tweak. And yeah, I just think you feel a lot more present and a lot less stressed, funny enough, about what may happen because you kind of have this almost spiritual belief that as long as you do the right things, good will come in your path and, and that flow of life will take you to where you need to get to. That's amazing. I mean, I suppose, firstly, what incredible grit to go through those highs and lows of, you know, nearly losing it 15 times. An amazing uh, journey to go through. So uh, can I ask, Pete, is, is your relationship with stress, is it different now in the context of you had, having had a successful exit? In the way you frame your humanity for yourself, to some extent, it's probably less or differently about the money now, right? That will change your relationship to what success means and does do you feel differently about stress uh with this one i mean i think a bit of stress is healthy for you it's the degree to which stress is being used to drive or put you in overdrive and i think that it's actually a lot of scientific evidence to show that a little bit of stress is a good thing it's it's about having good habits to manage that stress and i think i have you know, stronger habits now than I had before, albeit I had to develop those habits in a back against the wall kind of, how do I have to, how do I keep myself sane sort of way? So part of that was just like survival, right? I had to learn what to do to keep my head above water. And I think now where I'm less against the wall and I'm able to carve out and curate something new from start, I can be a little bit more intentional about how I want, it, how I want to manifest those types of outcomes. And so, you know, yes, money is is not at all the motivator to the point where it probably should be more of a motivator than it is, uh, just from the sake of giving the best possible outcome for my family on that. But, you know, I believe that that will sort itself out as long as I focus on the right things. So, yeah, I think you become, you know, it's like that kind of pyramid of self-actualization. You know, it's like when you when you have your basic needs met, you become less concerned about how do I meet the basic needs uh, you're then focused on, well, how can I fulfill my potential? And then how can I then impact interdependently as many people as possible? Because that will, that contribution, as well as my growth, will will have an, a way of also fulfilling me uh, beyond my current comprehension. So I just kind of just trust in the process. And I feel that this, this you know, journey I'm on with humanity is a vehicle by which I can I can grow and contribute more in that regard. I absolutely love that framing. That's so wonderful. You've got an incredibly kind of uplifting, positive framing on the way you go about your business, which I think is brilliant. And I think I think lots of people don't realize with successful high growth businesses or, you know, successful startup style businesses, is that money reasonably quickly, if you if you're lucky enough and have worked hard enough to to make your business successful it long ceases to be the source of stress. I really like the way you frame that, like stress is a nice way of driving a positive response, right? In certain circumstances, if you can control it. But, you know, thinking about how you can frame that stress so that end outcome is growth in the right way. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's so many different sort of learnings from different books and life experiences and sources. But I, I, one that comes to mind when you were saying that was a guy called Gao, uh, who set up his own kind of, community transformation program you know kind of like a life personal development program and he, and he came with us to uh, one of the ice trips to montenegro i think it was on that one and he had this this exercise that we all did in groups 
And, and the kind of the essence of the exercise was that all these pain points in our lives, these situations that were perhaps difficult to deal with emotionally uh, for whatever reason, whether it be financial hardship, you know, breakup or business failing, were actually the opportunities for you to lean in and grow. And so that just that reframing of everything being a teachable moment to grow personally, I think is super powerful thing to have in your armory because then you to remind yourself these things are always temporary you know whatever pain or suffering you're going through uh, nothing lasts forever it's, it's no permanence to that it's, it's a current situation you have, always have a choice on how you deal with that now i know that's easy to say some people become paralyzed you know through depression anxiety and so on but even if you just theoretically understand that premise it can give you a, a sort of a focal point of hope to think about well I know it's possible, so how do I how do I find my way out of that? And actually, it does sort of segue me nicely to say that that one of the things I have found as a great support outside of just the community is is therapy. You know, I I have benefited from personal therapy, which was actually triggered from the fact that I thought someone else had a problem, but I couldn't change them, so I better you know start by trying to work out what I can do to change them. <laughs> uh, and then I realised actually what I needed to do is change myself. And so that was really powerful. Um, I also then did what we call cubes in, in ICE, which is a similar thing to forums in YPO or there's different sort of tribes and, and various other things where you get in a group of, you know, in our case, eight people where you, it's highly confidential, highly vulnerable trusting of sharing your challenges and uh, concerns and wins on a monthly basis. You all meet up, you know, without fail every month uh, and it's like a four and a half hour session and you basically use like gestalt, which is essentially sharing by experience. So you don't give any advice. Uh, so it's no judgment environment. And it's amazing what you learn from realizing you're not the only person going through this this tough time because we all go through them at different times of our lives in different contexts. And so you take a huge amount of catharsis from that. It kind of makes it much more uh, manageable. And then lastly, I've even had couples therapy which again, you know, is a is not because we have issues. It was because I realized, wow, this is so powerful. I'm getting so much benefit. Why wouldn't I, if I can, invest in developing a stronger bond with my wife, particularly if we, as we have a storm coming, which is, you know, a, a second child on the way, which I'm going to have to get ready for because it will change things. And yeah, again, it's just been hugely helpful and reaffirming and, and preparing us for that storm in the best possible way. Yeah, again, that's a really refreshing, thought-provoking framing on the use of proactive mental health development, right? In the same way that, you know, you manage your physical health, you can have defensive strategies to try and manage your health where you don't do harm or try and, try and heal, but then you've also try and strengthen. Uh, and I don't think people think about necessarily therapy and kind of mental health development. I suppose maybe we're seeing a little bit of a difference now with, it's not all driven by technology, but meditation and philosophy becoming much more uh, prevalent in modern society again, which is fantastic. Absolutely. And we're seeing, I mean, there's a lot of scientific evidence that shows that you know meditation helps you develop gray matter in the brain, which can help strengthen mental well-being and cognitive health as well. So this is like an example of something that we monitor in the Humanity app, which which we're developing, and and that's you know a key part of the holistic health that we're talking about, because you know indeed it's a great way to 
become present, become more in touch with how you're feeling and to just center yourself, be more calm and intentional, I think, with with your day. For sure. Yeah, really, really great insights there. So Pete, before we wrap up with the startup shout outs, I'd like to ask you the question I'll ask to every guest. So what's the biggest lesson you've learned from your journey in entrepreneurship that you'd like to pass on to your, your kids now, your kids plural? When they come? <laughs> I think the, the first and foremost is really try to understand what it is that you want. And that means, you know, what fulfills you? You know, what are your values? You know, what is your personal mission? You know, what would you like to experience in your life? What outcomes would you like to achieve? And then think about which kind of career path will get you there. So certainly don't want them to think that the only way to, you know, to success in the broad measure of success is and happiness, of course, is uh, is is by becoming an entrepreneur. It's definitely not for the faint hearted and it's not the right path for everyone. I hope that I can lead by example and show strength of character and mission and in the way that I approach what I do, such that the principles, you know, the positive principles at least are emulated by by my children. But I think the number one message I'll say to them is to to follow their heart and pursue their dreams and to expect knocks along the way, but uh, but ultimately persevere. The number one word I would use is perseverance because every every successful person in any field whether it be as a parent as a ceo or as a doctor or in any any profession frankly you know it's it's the perseverance of not giving up you know on your dreams and and doing something towards it because everything you do even if it's not exactly what you want to do in the sort of build up to that is probably building the foundations so just always have it in mind be prepared to do things for nothing to build the experience, take the time to learn and educate, ask people, talk to people who can, you know, give you advice, get mentors, all of these sorts of things. And you'll be surprised, I think, um, what will come back to sort of help you and guide you along the way and be present to what comes in, in front of you and, and, you know, seize the day, take, take, the, take the opportunities as you see them. But of course, also, you know, have the time for friends, for travel, for experiencing life don't make any decision too quickly so i would definitely be encouraging them to to not rush um and then take their gap years you know do do something perhaps purposeful things i wish i did do uh, which i didn't and hopefully just give them the best possible start um an educational foundation and, and family upbringing that i possibly can wonderful i think as you say you know understanding yourself there's there's certainly no better way in my experience to learn about yourself than to set up your own business it's definitely one way to do it i think you know that people say can you are you born an entrepreneur or you can you be made into i don't believe that you are born to be an entrepreneur but i think that it, there's a good parallel with with health right your health like your genetics for example you are born with your genetic code but the expression of your genes i.e., which genes turn on and off is a function of your environment and what you're exposed to. It's like trauma, and trauma can be passed to your children, you know, genetically, if you can believe that, um, because it affects how your genes adapt to the environment that they're currently facing. So I think that we are a function of our environment massively. So hence, it's important to provide a, a nurturing, you know, loving and supportive family environment. And, and I think where I've seen, I believe, a lot of previous generations perhaps go not so i don't want to say they go wrong it's just not the way i would do it frankly because it's everyone's way is their own way and i respect that but it's like i wouldn't want my children to to not have a relationship with 
her father or mother because we're working to create a future for them. Really what they want is just to spend time with their with their mummy and daddy. And so, you know, who am I to sort of deny them of that just so that I can provide them with the the golden ticket you know I, I don't think that's actually more important i think it's much more important to give them the love and support and encouragement they need in the early years through to whenever they well for the rest of their life frankly but you know that's the most important thing you can give them is love and support and encouragement and then i'm sure the rest will take care of itself yeah absolutely and i think it's a beautiful way to kind of wrap up the main part of the podcast because it kind of doesn't really matter the scale of which anything you build because quite frankly your children don't care <laughs> they, the thing they care they care most deeply about is whether you play with them and making the most time and you know there's nothing more leveling than having that you know in, uh, in my experience too startup shout out well look pete thank you so much um you know just before we uh, wrap up fully i'd like to close uh, as we normally do with our regular feature startup shout outs uh, where we shine a light uh, on one of the organizations in the startup uh, ecosystem that we admire so i'd like to give you the chance to do that now pete great yeah so there's a couple of startups that come to mind who i am particularly excited about one is a company called mindstone which is uh, founded by joshua woley who is also the founder of super awesome they're building a next generation platform that will help us learn faster uh, using technology. I think that's always a great shout because, you know, in this fast paced, distractive social media uh, world, we need ways to retain and engage with useful information in a more, more helpful way. So, so that's definitely one to check out. And another one, which is full disclosure as well, I'm an advisor to is, is a company called uh, Heights. Uh, so Dan Murray and Joel Freeman, uh, two co-founders who are also advisors to humanity. But I, I have to give them a shout out because they're inspiring to me, you know, in terms of, you know, how to do a lot of brand marketing and, and to sort of, you know, be helpful to other founders. And there's a lot of similarities in the path that Dan in particular and myself have taken and being community uh, led and trying to do what we can to be participants in the ecosystem. So, so I'd say they're the two. Rachel's Koru Kids is great. I could go on. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, my favorite bit about that is that you happen to have name checked two of our previous guests. Oh, really? Oh, there you go. There's some uh, synchronicity right there. Well, look, Pete, thank you so much for that. One of our most transparent, kind of vulnerable, open episodes we've had to date. Loads of stuff. I absolutely love the kind of positive framing you have on growth. And I think, as you rightly say, every experience is an opportunity to learn and refine yourself and develop yourself and you know thinking about that how that kind of dovetails and ties in to your mission a highly authentic episode we've had today uh, so anything that you'd like to talk about with respect to humanity or your mission before we wrap up uh, yeah sure Emery. I'd, I'd love to just uh, let everyone know that we've got uh, an amazing app that we're bringing out to the world in the next few months it's in early access private beta at the moment uh, you can sign up for early access or request access through the website which is www.humanity.health. And uh, yeah, reach out to me or, or you know, follow us on, on Instagram or LinkedIn. Look out for some different stuff we're doing on Clubhouse. We're actually doing a collaboration with Dan from part of the Brain Care Club on Clubhouse every Tuesdays uh, at 8-ish p.m. So check us out. Thank you so much for coming on this show. Fantastic. Real pleasure, I'm Rick. Many thanks to today's guest. You'll find links to them and their work in the show notes. 
join our community of parent founders, head over to the Startup Dads Facebook group. 